0: The following is a presentation of the Belly Sports Media Network.
1: Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. We're talking PGA and Live Tour merging. That'll be fun. Uh, Major League Baseball news, including Jacob deGrom, uh, the thing we all saw coming uh, out for the year, NCAA Conference Realignment some NFL news as well. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network,
2: you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover.
0: Hey, good looking. what you got cooking, I'm about cooking something okay.
1: Welcome in to a new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com, use promo code BellyUp, we'll get 15% off your purchase. You're going to love the taste and the texture of Righteous Felon Jerky. Make sure you check it out. Use that code BellyUp so they know that we sent you. Welcome into the program on this Wednesday evening. Dad is joining me, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing?
0: doing good doing good been a beautiful day today and uh like i said i got a visitor the, tonight so got we've got your your son my grandson one of them here and looking forward to that do a little fishing the next couple of days and uh gonna be a good time so
1: yeah uh should be should you, hopefully you enjoy it. i know you will i know he'll enjoy it too so that's a good time should have had him guest host i guess today but uh, nonetheless, uh, plenty of sports things going on around the world. We'll be joined in just a few moments by a guest to talk about the live tour and PGA merger and what we know about it so far and some things surrounding it. Cause honestly, when I saw that news come up, I was a little surprised. So we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, this week there was a, a passing of a WWE hall of famer, the iron sheik passed away at 81 uh he was before my time uh and a little bit after your time dad but uh what did a wrestler like iron Sheik bring to the entertainment business
0: oh he was yeah he 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 was quite the guy he was one of the top um you know in in his um category as far as his his company like said wrestling changed a lot over the years but with the the WWE, which was probably the WWF when, when he was in it. Um, you know, he was one of the dominant guys. And of course he was a great, um, character there. They played a lot with him with being, you know, from a different country, um, everything there, they would always play, you know, patriotic stuff and different things <clears throat> against him at times. Um, but you know, he was a huge guy and, um, like said, you know, he, he was he was a, a huge name uh, in wrestling, and um, you know, as wrestling has changed and continue to grow, a lot of great characters there. And interesting to me, he was eighty one, so you know, he 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 lived a long time. I remember one of the last times he was on. Wrestling was when they um, they brought back a whole bunch of older wrestlers for um, a battle royal, and he was involved in that. Of course, the crowd—they brought them out one at a time to get into the ring, and and um, the crowd really loved that. Loved that, and um, and yeah, like I said, wrestling—I've always enjoyed wrestling since I was a little kid. So I've seen a lot of professional wrestlers come and go. Um, it's a little different now, a little too many trappings sometimes for me, but um, but it, it, I, I do still follow it a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, he gets credited with helping Hulk Hogan uh, launch Hulkamania, and as, of course, they were big rivals there for a while. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter uh, was involved in that too with the American and the Iranian back and forths and things like that, so a lot of things uh, there. And again, for, I didn't watch a whole lot of wrestling. Uh, so if I know who you are, that means that you were something. So <laughs> so, uh, uh, so yeah, the passing of, of the Iron Sheik, uh, his real name, Hossein uh, Khosrow Ali Vaziri uh, there. so, uh, But I uh, said to hear obviously of the passing there as well. So um, an interesting entertainment business, the wrestling world is but I uh, can't say I follow it a whole lot these days. Let's talk a little bit about college, Dan. Uh, the conference realignment is something we're going to be talking about for years to come still, and uh, the news came out this week that it looks like that Colorado and Arizona could be leaving the Pac-12 and heading to the Big 12. We talked about the Big 12 uh, an episode or two ago, and we are just talking about kind of the surprise of the fact that, my goodness, they uh, – <laughs> They went out and did their thing. They're growing. They're finding teams to come join them. And uh, let's start with this. If Arizona and Colorado do leave and head to the Big 12, um, how big of a coup is that for the Big 12?
0: Um, I, I you know, I think that's huge. Like I said, as they bring in more schools, they're smart about this because they're getting realigned. Uh, like you said, it may go on for several years, but I think as soon as we get to the 12-team, playoff, things are going to be pretty well set because they're going to have to make some decisions there. So I think bringing in more schools, um, you know, the first ones they brought in were, I guess you could say a little bit smaller schools. But I think if they get people from the Big 12 and both Arizona, um, you know, why they have not been a football power lately, of course, Colorado, you don't have a you don't have a bigger public relations thing than Coach Prime. So, I I think those are, you know, I I think bringing in schools from there, um, you know, that's a big deal. And to get those two schools and it'll help them in all their sports. Like I said, the Big 12 obviously has made a decision to not just sit back and wait and see, you know, uh, what happens or what their fate is. They've jumped in to be a major player here. And that's going to, you know, that's going to cripple the, 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 PAC 12. And um, like you said the other day, the ACC, depending on what happens here, you know, the SEC moves a few more schools. They're going to be ACC schools. No no doubt about that. So um, we'll, and the Big Ten was as people keep moving, you know, but they brought in big name people um, really with them. And um, I'm sure they're prepared to grow a little more too.
1: Well, everything is about money. We've talked about that a million times. Uh, Pac-12 is struggling to get a TV deal done right now. Of course, there's uncertainty about if teams are leaving, especially Colorado, who is a big-ticket item right now when you talk about TV uh, deals. Having Coach Prime, being able to put him on TV is kind of a big deal. So, um, you know, Colorado's – I would be shocked if Colorado doesn't leave. Uh, But then Arizona, looks like, would be not far behind. Again, Arizona has – uh, solid basketball program, uh, a below-average football program right now. But we've seen the Big 12 start to target some of these basketball schools. Connecticut was a school that's been brought up for the Big 12 as well. Now, they have football and and whatnot, but they wouldn't be coming to bring football. They'd be coming to bring basketball to the conference. So the big money is in football. That That's ultimately what it's going to lead to. But I've been really impressed with the Big 12 making this decision that they're going to go all in. And uh, so far, they've successfully done so. Of course, the Colorado and Arizona thing is, is definitely not a done deal. Uh, but that's kind of where things things seem to be going right now. Um, and then, Dad, NIL stuff. I mean, we've talked about it a few times on the show, but it continues to impact the game uh, or the, the college athlete, athletic scene. And, uh, I mean, these TV deals and things like that kind of play into that too because there's a chance for more money coming back to the students to some degree as well. And I could see the Big 12 wanting to uh, push Colorado to come in and could probably offer some finances to help out with that kind of a thing as well. Uh, I was talking with a parent uh, or an uncle, I guess, and uh, his his nephew is at Marshall playing basketball, ended up going to Mississippi State. And he said, you know, there's car dealerships reaching out to him about what they could offer him uh, to come to a smaller school. And uh, but they could not match the money that Mississippi State was paying uh, for the transfer, so that NIL money is is playing a major role in the uh, recruiting process. I guess if you can use that word uh, right now, still. too. how much do you think the NIL money is going to impact colleges staying or leaving a conference?
0: Well, I mean, like I said, I, at some point, I think there's going to have to try to be some kind of regulation or control with NIL, but right now that's obviously impacting things, uh, there. And it, I'm sure it impacts schools, moving conferences, because again, that would impact that a little bit too. People paying NIL money, you know, for, um, you know, athletes that are in, you know, in, in a bigger conference. So yeah, I, I, no doubt the NIL money, um, is definitely, like I said, at some point there's going to have to be some kind of control, um, it, you, it, it seems like um, or it, it just, you know, keeps going on and on, or there's going to be a violation that's just so egregious, something's going to have to be done. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it almost seems too late <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Uh, you've kind of opened the floodgates. I'm not sure that you can change uh, without causing major, major problems. But we are seeing it help, especially in basketball, where some guys are willing to return if they're – Probably outside the top twenty in the NBA draft, they're willing to come back and make two million in college versus going to the NBA. Um, so it's helping keep some kids in in school, at least in basketball, and I'm sure it's helping in some other things too. Uh, I want to remind people our program today is presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. If you want the purest jerky in the game, you got to go straight to the source. Righteous Felon is partnered with the best natural black Angus beef producers in the land. To lock up supply and guarantee the best tasting, best textured and freshest beef jerky on the market. Visit RighteousFelon.com. Use promo code BellyUp. You're going to get 15% off your purchase. All right, Dad, we're going to move on to a golf conversation. We don't talk a whole lot about golf on the air, uh, being that your and I's golf game has not really improved in the recent years. Uh, but we're going to try to talk about it, and today we've got a guest on with us uh, here as well today, and it's the one and only Lou Gamelin. He is from the uh, Captain Lou Extravaganza, and uh, great to have him with us today. Lou, how you doing, man? Oh, can you hear me, Lou? Uh-oh, oh. no sound. Oh, there he is. Can you hear us, Lou? I can. Yes, okay. indeed. Good. Welcome to the show, man. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How about you guys? Doing good. We don't have Detroit fans on very often. That's not what we brought you in to talk about. But uh, it's rare that uh, my dad being a Packers owner, uh, that we have a Lions fan ever on the program. But uh, hey, we we didn't bring you on to talk about this, but what's your view of Hendon Hooker? Man, we're Tennessee fans. Uh, So what's your view of Hendon Hooker and, and what he could bring down the road? Well, I got to
2: tell you, I'd love the pick. I thought it was just at the right time. I think it was a great value pick. Um, I think he's a good insurance policy to have. You know, they'll probably give him a red shirt year this year, unless something crazy happens. Uh, they've got Sudfeld to back up Goff right now. And, you know, I think that he's a good backup for this year. But I love it because I think that prototype of quarterback is what we're going to see more and more of, uh, I think, in the NFL in a few years. And so... I, you know, I love the pick. I thought, like I said, it was a great spot for him for the Lions to get him.
1: Yeah. I liked it too. And dad, dad, we both liked that one. We didn't, we didn't like the running back pick though. Jameer Gibbs uh, early on, were you happy? I I didn't prepare you for this. I wasn't, but that was an odd pick, wasn't it for the Lions?
2: Well, the, the the odd part about it was, is they said they had him high on their draft board and I'm thinking to myself, why did they make the trade? Why didn't they just pick him at six or take Deshaun Robinson or B. Sean Robinson, excuse me, at six, if they were going to go running back. But the early indications out of training camp is he's done well. Um, I think he's going to be a playmaker. You know, they want to kind of model him after Debo Samuel. I know that's not a fair uh, comparison right away. But, you know, I mean, things are it, it's unusual here in Detroit. We're not used to such. Green Bay Packer type expectations of potentially winning a division. I mean, we haven't had this kind of hype since nineteen ninety-two after the Lions went to the NFC championship game with our only playoff win in my lifetime. So, and that's you know, six or my lifetime, fifty-eight years. I mean, I it's gonna be fun. Can't wait to see what it brings.
1: Yeah. Dad, you want to make fun of the
0: Lions before we talk about golf? (laughs) That's okay. There'll be plenty of time later in the year to do that. (laughs) Well,
2: I'll tell you, my first recollection of a Lions Packer game was 1970 when uh, Greg Landry took the quarterback sneak against you guys and went 75 yards and got caught because he ran out of gas.
0: So I know that was a
2: long time ago, but
1: (laughs) I was not around yet uh, for that one. Uh, well, we did bring Lou on to talk about the golf situation. And when I, the notification came across my phone and I saw that this merger was happening, I was absolutely shocked because first of all, you hadn't heard anything about this. Yeah. Secondly, it seemed like the PGA and the guys from live hate each other. Yeah. Um, so, so I mean, were you as surprised as I was on this? It's
2: funny is my wife and I had to run to Grand Rapids for a doctor's appointment for me for my foot. And we we're on the way back, and I got that alert just like you did on my phone. And I'm like, whoa, a merger. Nobody heard of it. And, you know, apparently none of the players did either. You know, right. a lot of them were, you know, they're at the Heritage Open or whatever up in Toronto, and they were getting the alerts on their phones and text messages and whatnot. And, you know, they apparently started negotiating this in earnest a couple of months ago. And the way you hear Monaghan talk, he, uh, met with the leaders of PIF, you know, the investment fund. And he said he trusted him 10 minutes into it. And, you know, lo and behold, they had lunch. They played golf together again. They met in England. And, yeah, it came together rather quickly. And, you know, obviously has taken the golf world and the sports world by storm.
1: Yeah, it has. Um, are you surprised about how upset some of these PGA guys are? Roy McRoy's had no problem speaking out. Um, and, uh, and I know we're going to get more of this and I know that not been a lot said, but it doesn't sound like Tiger was too, too pleased by what's going on either. Um, and I mean, you can't blame them for being mad, right? Because they were told, stick it out, be loyal, give up all that money. And, <laughs> and, and they did. It's such a bad look for the PGA right now. I mean, down the road,
2: I think in the long run, you know, let's face it. It's like every other sports entity. It's a business. And I think in the long run, I think it'll work out all right. These guys are going to make money. But, yeah, I I don't blame Rory for being upset, like he said in his press conference. He was the sacrificial lamb, and I agree with him. He was the one carrying the sword. You know, he still says he hates the live tour, but he understands why they did it. You know, and it's crazy. You know, I watch some of these national pundits. You know, for example, Dan Patrick this morning, you know, he's saying, you know, people are texting him wondering if he heard anything. And it's, you know, when, when the PGA players are texting anybody in the, if they heard anything and when, you know, it's usually the other way around that tells you how haphazardly this was handled. And I just think, you know, Monahan's got a lot of egg on his face on this one. Um, I'm not surprised that they, you know, I'm calling it a merger. They're, They're calling it, you know, uh, maybe a dissolving of it. It's a merger. Let's call it, you know, let's call it like it is. And I just was surprised at the timing of it. And yeah, there's a lot of hurt feelings, especially when these guys could have took those nine figure payouts and went to the live tour and had generation upon generational wealth. It's, you know, it's not a good, it's not a good look.
1: And there's still a lot to be figured out a lot to be announced. Like there's, there's not a whole lot of information at this point of exactly what's going to happen. Uh, will the tour, the live tour, still even exist? Uh, will it dissolve? Which it's most people think it's going to go away completely, right. uh, or go move at least to a different time when the PGA is not not on in season. Things like that going on. Um, how is the PGA going to pay uh, or reward loyalty to guys like Rory and the others that stuck around?
2: Well, I'll tell you, I, I, in my honest opinion, I'll be surprised if they do anything for him. If they do, it's not going to be nearly what, you know, the Live Tour guys got. I don't see the PGA Tour forking out upwards of a billion dollars in upfront money. You know, let's face it, you know, guys like uh, Phil Mickelson and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka those folks were getting nine figures. There's no way the PGA is going to do that. I mean, there was a reason why they did this uh, with the with the with the Saudi group because they didn't have the funds to back up some of these purses. You know, you talk about when the announcement was Tuesday morning, uh, eight or seven thirty in the morning. I was reading something about how Rory was upset and disappointed that the PGA their purses for the four majors weren't near weren't the same as what the lib tour was given out each, each tournament they're given they were given out 25 million dollars for purses and you know the u.s open's given out i think 20 and the masters 18 or the other way around so and he said don't be surprised if some of the guys start skipping some of these majors so that tells me that the pga needed the money it's all about money and You know, I wish I could remember the author who wrote a book about the live. It's called Live and Let Die with the live tour. And he mentioned that the European tour was hemorrhaging money. They were on the verge of of going under until they started going over to play in Saudi Arabia and some of these other uh, Asian places that were giving them the money. So to answer your question, I don't see them getting a lot. You know, they were already getting a 12 million dollar. Uh, stipend, if you will, to play in a certain amount of tournaments, which Rory forfeited $3 million of it because all of this, you know, before this announcement, you can tell in his game he's mentally exhausted. It's it's really taken its toll on
1: uh, him. Alan Shipnook, uh, yes. the author of yes. that book. I googled it, so I didn't know that, but I googled, I googled it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy and I just sit here and I go, it, it seems like the live one. No matter what yes. happens here, if they dissolve... If whatever happens it doesn't matter at this point they want um and there's there's going to be changes to the pga i'm not sure how far they'll go though right i mean the the topics as dan patrick hit on this a lot the topics have been shorts music uh money (laughs) (laughs) or the big things right well i mean i wouldn't be surprised if the shorts thing changes uh the other stuff i'd be a little shocked on but i I think there's gonna be changes and you're gonna see more changes that are going to look like the live, then you're going to see changes that look like the PGA.
2: Oh, hundred percent. You know, there, you know, I don't think you'll see the shotgun starts like the live tour does. I just, you know, there's going to be too many traditionalists that will shy away from that. I personally wouldn't mind it. And I honestly don't think they're going to go to 54 holes. I think they'll stay with 72 because there's too much money to be made at these events with, uh, you know, concessions and tickets and whatnot, you know, they're going to try to maximize that. And I, you know, but the shorts I could see, I think you will go back to, uh, you know, the shorter season maybe uh, Mm -hmm. for the PGA. I think right now, in my opinion, it's way too long. I mean, it's, you know, it's like a wrap around what 10 and a half months season, 11 months, whatever it is, you know, and my question too is, you know, they had Mark Rolfing on, on yesterday talking about, you know, he runs the first event that they're scheduled to have in 2024 out in Hawaii. What is this going to do to the corporate sponsors that, you know, how much more are they going to expect out of them to come up with uh, sponsorship money for, you know, the, the payouts and whatnot? Uh, you know, some of these, I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. You know, I, you know, a, a company like Rocket Mortgage, who is doing the, the sponsors of the golf tournament here in Detroit in a couple of weeks. You know, I, I don't know how big they are and what kind of budget they have, but you know, I believe that's going to have an effect on something like that too.
1: Yeah, yeah and you're hearing—I don't know—Phil Mickelson know. like, has said good things about it. Bryce DeChambeau has said this is a best thing <laughs> yeah. for golf, and then you got Rory saying, "I hate Live." I, you know, it's it's definitely showing you that I think there may have been better communication on the Live side uh, as well, farly far better than the PGA side as well dad uh you have any golf questions here about this whole situation
0: no i mean i think as more information comes out and exactly how they they do it i guess the idea is whether whether there'll still be separate tournaments you know will they all be joined in together um you know how how that works out um i think I, I, you know, Vince and I talked about this when it first started. And I I think the deal was the PGA didn't, didn't act quick enough right Right. off the bat. Um, It was kind of like, well, no, it's not going to work. You know, this is just something new. And, you know, this is what real, they just kept to me, just kept saying, this is what real golf is. This isn't real golf over there. And, but as more and more people left and it became more and more entertaining and these guys had more and more success, I, you know, rather than trying to make adjustments and do stuff earlier to maybe avoid this, uh, like I said, it's, it's a real bad look for them now with their players not knowing, you know, this was happening and exactly what's going on.
2: Oh, I agree. You know, and it's funny is, I'm interested to see if I don't know if they're going to ever play two separate uh, tournaments. I think, you know, the PGA players, I think you'll see like what they do over in Europe where a Phil Mickelson or a Brooks Kepka or whoever, uh, John Rom, can go to uh, a tournament like the John Deere Open and say, if you want me to play, you're going to have to pony up, you know, a million dollars, you know, on appearance fee. I think you're going to see that. Uh, And that's going to, that's a rule. I think that they're going to have to do. I, I honestly would like to see kind of the team concept that they're doing it with the live tour. You know, you get three or four guys together, play for, you know, an extra, whatever, a couple of million, three million. you know, the players that aren't in the, on the first page, front page, they got something to play for, you know, and I, I could see something like that. And I, you know, you talked about, you know, the, the, the live tour players coming back. It's what I'm going to see is when they if they do go mainstream and they're all playing together, you got a guy like uh, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, who has already been who has paid a one hundred and some million dollars. You know, he's walking next to a guy who maybe wasn't offered that kind of money or didn't take it. You know, you're going to see a little bit of resentment. But, you know, I also look back on it as a business and I look back on when the, you know, the AFL and the NFL merged when the NBA and the ABA merged and even so much a little bit with the NHL and the WHA, you know, they, there was some, there was a little bit of uh you know, discontent at first, but boy, they got along and those leagues are now. And I think in a couple of years, I think, you know, this is it's, everything's going to be all right. It's just the way it went about uh, yesterday was, uh, was bad.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think I think you're going to see one or two team events. I don't think it'll be a lot. Yeah. I think you'll see some added to the PGA. The other thing is, I think the best thing that this this is for golf is the casual golf fan, even if they didn't watch one Live Tour event, they're going to tune in to watch the rivalry, so to say, <laughs> between the Live guys and the PGA guys. And, you know, yeah. I, man, years ago when Tiger and Phil were such a just a heated rivalry, um that kind of stuff's good for the game it's good in any sport if you have right. a rivalry and uh and i think it's going to be great for golf they're going to draw in some fans some some viewers uh throughout the year some additional viewers just to see what it looks like uh with having uh phil mickelson and rory golfing together It'll it'll be a fun i think a fun adventure for all the casual golf fans all the Oh, that's me. All the all the real golf yeah. fans, though, are already tuned in and, and liking it. But uh, yeah, I think it'll add some some excitement. So, oh, I do
2: too. And you know, the the and they're just they're going to benefit from that. They're going to get the ratings from it, and you know, the merchandise. You know, people are going to want to go to these tournaments. I mean, not that they don't want to, but I I agree. I think it ultimately, I think it's going to be good for the game. You know, and again, my big question now is is Monaghan going to, is he going to stay on board? Is he still going to be the commissioner or the CFO or whatever, See, whatever they're, they're talking about, maybe being a new CEO when this all shakes down and gets completed? Because, you know, you, to a man, they said after that players meeting yesterday, 90 to 95% of the PGA players were so upset. You know, some of them came out and called him a hypocrite to his face in that meeting. Uh, he, he's lost, the trust of the PGA players and that, you know, he's going to, he's got a long road ahead of him. and I will give him credit for going up in front of those guys yesterday in that meeting and, you know, falling on the sword and taking the heat, answering the questions. He could have bailed on that. And, uh, you know, he's, he's eating some humble pie right now. And uh, hopefully that will start a little bit of fenomenal, fence mending if you will
1: i don't know how it breaks down with monahan uh, like who's his boss and things like that i know that if he was like a commissioner where he worked for the owners yeah. they'd have his back they'd support him uh, so i'm not sure if he has that support because the, the wow. golfers obviously don't like him uh right now but maybe he has enough support where he knows hey i'm not losing my job because i got the support of the people who who it matters
2: well, you know, Vince too is they've got a five member uh, council, a PGA council, a board, if you will. And I believe that Rory McElroy was on that or he is on. And, you know, it kinda so that kind of makes me wonder if they didn't go through them right. to talk about it. I mean, you know, that is even worse in my opinion. You know, it it but again, you know, Rory he was upset in his press conference. You know, he like you said, he said he hates live. He's uh you know, he's made out to be the sacrificial lamb, but then he also pointed out that in the long run, this is going to be good for the game with that Saudi funding. They're going to be making so much more money, you know, and it, their pockets are going to be much deeper. And, you know, the bottom line is the, this is a job for those guys, you know, they're, and they're there to take care of their family and their family's family. And, you know, and, and once they realize, and they come to grips with this, you know, they're going to see that they're going to make a ton of money. Do I agree with everything they stand for? Do no, but unfortunately it's here to stay in all walks of this professional sports. Now, you know, you talk about soccer, you talk about the, you know, the formula one. And as I said, on my show this morning, don't be surprised if the Saudi group starts looking at some of the professional franchises in the major sports here in the USA a couple of them that are hurting financially and they throw 10, $12 billion at them.
1: And, you know,
2: uh, I think we're going to have to get used to it.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably true. Uh, he is Lou Gamelin and hosts the captain Lou extravaganza on the belly up sports network. Uh, Lou tell everybody about your show, kind of what you're covering and uh, the best places to find it.
2: Well, we are on our YouTube channel, which is the captain Lou sports network. Um, we invite you to subscribe to that. Right now, we're on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays live at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. We're on for about 45 minutes, talking about everything going on in the world of sports right now. Uh, obviously, the Live PGA merger, and you know we're knee deep in the Stanley Cup Finals and the NBA Finals, uh, and then we're going to be doing that probably through the end of July. Then, once August hits, I'll be going back to my regular time when I go back to my uh, regular job. Uh, will be Wednesday nights at seven o'clock and Tuesday nights as well. And get, get need all season, knocking all the Michigan sports, and of course, the NFC North, the Big Ten, you name it. And uh, we'll heat up that Packer Lions rivalry coming up this year.
1: <laughs> Sounds great. Well, we'll bring you back on in football season. We'll have some fun oh, with that along me. the way. Lou, man, I really appreciate you taking some time for us tonight. Uh, make sure you go check out his show, The Captain Lou Extravaganza on his YouTube page. And again, you can find them Also, if you can't, you can't remember what it was, go to bellyupsports.com and you'll find some information about there as well. Lou, thanks again, man. We appreciate it.
2: Thanks guys. And enjoy your first place. Milwaukee
1: Brewers. Thanks for having me on. (laughs) All right. There you go. Thanks again to Lou talking some golf with us again. We don't, we don't talk a whole lot of golf on the show, but it seemed like tonight was a good night to talk some golf. So we went ahead and did just that. All right, Dad, uh, let's move on to Major League Baseball. And, oh, my goodness, Jacob DeGrom. I mean, going into the season, we said Texas acquiring DeGrom was a good move if he can stay healthy. He goes down. Not only does he go down, now he's getting Tommy John surgery, and he's done for the rest of the year. Uh, how disappointing. Who who are you? do you feel worse for? Uh, Jacob DeGrom, the Texas Rangers, or Major League Baseball fans?
0: Um, well, I, for me, it'd be Jacob DeGrom. I mean, I, I think, you know, again, you know, it's tough for him to be the kind of player that he that he is, and um, you know, not be able to get healthy, and um, you know, will he be able to recover from this? I, well, I, I don't know. It, you know, it, it'd be a long road, and don't know that he'll be back to what he was. Like I said the Obviously, the Rangers making a move like they did. And like you said, baseball fans, you know, DeGrom was a great guy to watch and a great guy to follow. So it affects everybody um, a little bit, and it'd be interesting to see, you know, if the Rangers, you know, rally because of this or, you know, if this becomes a real blow.
1: I want to talk a little bit about the hottest teams in baseball right now. Uh, We'll start with Tampa. They're still at 19 losses, still haven't crossed that 20 loss uh, point yet. They're on a four game win streak. They're scoring runs, I mean, left and right. And they're holding on tight to that first spot, five and a half up on Baltimore. Uh, Are the Tampa Bay Rays ever going to slow down?
0: Um, it doesn't look like it. I mean, it, it looks like they're solid. Um, again, you know, will someone go from the opening gun to the end? I don't know. It doesn't always happen at least without somebody because there are some other good teams in that division. So it could get tight, but it sure doesn't look like Tampa Bay will fall out of it by any stretch of the imagination.
1: Second best record in the league right now is the Texas Rangers and they've been doing it without Jacob deGrom. So, I mean, it's a blow to him that he's done for the season. But he's been out for a while now, and the Rangers are still 40-20 and with the highest run differential in the league at plus 155. They're on a five-game win streak, eight out of the last ten. This Rangers team, and again, Dad, they are scoring runs like absolute crazy. We've talked about Houston possibly catching them, but I'm starting to believe in these Texas Rangers. What about you?
0: Yes, I mean, like I said, they're staying, they're staying solid and staying right there again. You know, Houston's got a good team, so I think it'll it, it'll be a good race. But um, yeah, I mean, Texas is playing well and um, you know plays well in a lot of positions. So um, I think yeah, yeah, I'm starting to get to where, like you said, I'll be a little bit of a believer and maybe Texas will be the team everybody will be chasing here all year in that division
1: yeah maybe so uh, another team that just won't go away is the Miami Marlins six game win streak right now they're two and a half back from Atlanta eight and two in the last 10 days 35 and 28s their record. Uh, they're not scoring a lot of runs uh, but they're doing enough to win games and I'm really surprised Miami's still sitting here where they are this year. Um, how long does this last or do you don't or do you think it will last the rest of the way?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, 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 there's been a lot of surprises in baseball, but this definitely one of them there. I wouldn't think it will hold on, but again, you got the Braves, but um, don't know, you know, the Mets were way down there, then all of a sudden they've, you know, gotten better. Philadelphia has not made the turn yet, um, you know, that we thought, you know, they would. Um, so, you know, Miami's in a good position right now in their, um, you know, in their division.
1: Yeah, the whole division is on a streak right now. Uh, Atlanta three wins, three wins. Miami six wins, the Mets four losses, Philadelphia four wins, and the Nationals three losses. Um, it's an intriguing division. It's going to be fun to see how it all shakes down. And then, Dad, the Arizona Diamondbacks. We talked about them recently as well. They're back in first place in the West. They've won seven out of their last 10. Uh, they're sitting there at 36 and 25, just a game. Above Los Angeles, but Dad, this is a team that has a lot of young talent and their pitching has done just enough to make things happen. But it's been the runs uh being scored that have been the difference for Arizona. Is
0: Arizona a legit playoff team this year? Um you know, I, I don't know. Like I said, it's a lot of young players. And like you said, the division they have, of course, you got the Dodgers there. Um, I don't know. It's been impressive so far. I wouldn't think maybe that Arizona, you know, would stay there. They may very well be a playoff team. And if they are, they were, that would be, a, you know, I think a, a great improvement for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, San Francisco's right at 500. Uh, the Padres are several games under 500. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it's still a long ways to go in the season, so things can change. But right now, it looks like Arizona is one of the best teams in the National League. As a matter of fact, they are um, a half a game behind the Atlanta Braves for the best record in the conference or the division. So, are the conference? Yeah, uh, the National League. So, uh, intriguing teams for sure. Uh, interesting to see how it's going. Uh, the entire NL Central has a negative run differential right now. Four out of the five NL East teams have a negative run differential right now. Uh, Four out of the five AL Central teams have a negative run differential right now. So there's a lot of bad baseball and some good baseball along the way. Of course, the AL East still everyone over 500 currently in that conference uh, in the American League as well. Uh, And then Cincinnati Reds, dad, there's some some hope still there. They're 28-33 five games back in the division, but they bring up the newest sensation who comes out and uh, De La Cruz hits a home run in the second game as a Major League Baseball player, uh, but the team still tied 6-6 in the bottom of the fifth. So, um, uh, But again, you're in the area. Is there any inkling of hope? Well, I asked you this before, and you said
0: no, but it seems like the Reds won't go away either. I think the Reds are definitely creating more excitement. You know, they have a lot of young, several young players that are doing well. And now with Della Cruz coming up, but like you said, there, there, there are some problems there with the pitching and different things. I don't know that they're going to be able to challenge for the division or a playoff, but I think it, they're, they're turning in the right direction. I would think, you know, fans is this will help get fans back, especially you got a rookie almost, hitting one out of the park so um, we'll see
1: Uh, let's talk about the NFL a little bit as well Uh, more gambling issues Colts have a player who's now being investigated for gambling that's not good hopefully that storyline will slow down and go away Uh, two new stadiums being talked about Jacksonville came out with pictures of their uh, vision for their new stadium and it is insanely cool uh, did you see the pictures for the Jaguars' possible new stadium?
0: I did. I looked that up. Boy, that really looks like quite the facility. Everybody that's building a new stadium, for the most part, you know, they're really, really quite something to look at. You know, we'll see. Of course, um, you know, Buffalo's a little bit different because it's not a dome, but it'll be a great, you know, improvement. I think of where they're at there. And we'll see, you know, what Tennessee and Chicago end up with. So, but, um, yeah, the Jacksonville thing really looks like something. And, of course, they're using it to revitalize, you know, Jacksonville and the whole area. And um, so, yeah, that was very impressive. And, of course, you know, NFL's teams are having to have new stadiums. It seems like I think these were the four that have been talked about lately And that may kind of be everybody right now. I was trying to go through all the stadiums, and there are some that are older, um, but I don't know about any that are, you know, antiquated, and most of the ones have, you know, had luxury boxes and the things they need um, financially, so we'll see. Yeah, it's about
1: getting a Super Bowl to some degree. If you're building a stadium, you're building it to, to get a Super Bowl as well, and I think Jacksonville looks like a Super Bowl stadium. Uh, with those pictures come to life. And you're right, Buffalo, and that's kind of been the talk too, Buffalo's talking about a new stadium, would not make it a dome, which I think is the best thing to do. I think it's good to have some cold-weather stadiums, Green Bay being one of those, Pittsburgh being one of those, Chicago, but they're talking about doming up their stadium, so, uh, which isn't surprising, just knowing Chicago and the sissies that they are. Uh, but Buffalo <laughs> is uh, building building a new one, and it will not be a dome, so they'll continue to – um be what football should be for the fans and uh and to keep some manliness in the game as well uh deandre hopkins set to visit the tennessee titans doesn't seem like that would be the best fit for him just looking at the quarterback situation there um but and he's got to go visit somebody i guess uh, where do you think the best fit for deandre hopkins is
0: well um i mean obviously i think it would be you know with a good quarterback now exactly you know who's in the market for that and who can work that um i'm not sure but yeah when tennessee like said that doesn't seem like the ideal fit um because you know the quarterback situation is a little iffier in the future um as far as that is concerned so um I don't know. You know, it'll be interesting to see who you know wants to get him, who can pay the price for that. He's obviously has potential to still be an outstanding wide receiver, um, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I like Baltimore and Buffalo as fits for him. Uh, just to add,
1: they're teams that are good, uh, but really don't have a uh, second wide receiver that's worth, in my opinion, a number one spot. Uh, of course, Hopkins does have injury issues, so we'll see if that matters and. And if they can agree to a contract with the money wise, that makes sense uh, for everybody. He's asking for, uh, you know, an Odell Beckham type deal. Uh, I'm not sure that he'll get that right now uh, either. So we'll see how it shakes down uh, there. And I think Atlanta is always an interesting team to watch. They've gone all in on offense. Uh, Why not add another great weapon uh, there as well? All right. Uh, any other topics you want to talk about? I mean, in NBA playoffs still going on. NBA finals—they're playing right now. NHL comes up tomorrow evening, I believe. But uh, anything else you want to talk about?
0: No. I mean, you know, we'll see. I think the finals both, you know, may not go, you know, long um, in hockey or basketball. But we'll see with Miami winning that one again. Vegas looked very, very dominant um, in their games there, but they were, you know, but Florida, you know, is back home now. So we'll see. Um, but no, you know, a lot going on in sports and like I said, baseball, you know, very, very interesting there and, um, football, you know, a couple more weeks here and then they'll take a break till training camp and, um, we'll see, you know, if anybody else is signing anybody before them.
1: Yeah, we'll see. I I think I may have been wrong on the NBA Finals, Dad. I thought it would be a five-game series. I'm not sure anymore if that's the case. Uh, With a Miami getting one in Denver, it might go a little longer than I anticipated. All right, well, we're going to call it a day then for the Sports Stove Podcast. Remember to go visit RighteousFelon.com. Use promo code BellyUp at checkout for 15% off your purchase. Follow on social media at Sports Stove on Twitter and Instagram. If you enjoyed the episode tonight, do us a favor, Uh, give us a five-star rating, share it with somebody you love. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Sports Stove Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.